Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone. Today is Thursday, January 24th, 2019. And uh, it's a very interesting day, a lot of interesting developments. Uh, there's a few things we're going to be covering today. Obviously, Venezuela and the geopolitics surrounding it. We're going to be covering... Uh, you know, something that not a lot of people are reporting, um, an Iranian journalist that was born in the United States with a very American name, but goes by another that was just released back to Iran and talk about more of this wall and uh, Pelosi. Is she a fascist like Mark Levin says? And to start the show, I think we need to analyze what I've been uh, putting forward for a very uh, long time for those that have been listening to me for a while, which is uh, the fact that we've lost the ability to listen. And uh, if you haven't realized it yet, if you're a new listener, welcome. I am a stifler for facts, for actual facts uh, the thing that uh, drives me insane is uh, subtle changes that yield huge results. Kind of like the article I put out of the executive orders uh, issued throughout, you know, almost three decades um, that have altered what child sexual abuse is and what bestiality is. And, uh, you know, how presidents of yesteryear, <laughs> yesterday, have... Um, altered each and every one of them through executive orders just slightly because if you make slight and subtle changes by the time the actual result you want to be there manifest it's too late to change it because you've been accustomed to those slight and subtle changes and that is something that plagues us and we're seeing it we saw most of it in 2016 definitions are being skewed ideologies are being meddled and muddled and murky and gray and we don't know if we're coming or going in the age of information ignorance is a choice yes it is a choice but what do you do when the access to the information you have either that be through the internet or listening to commentators or listening to the news what do you do are you doing the best you can to ensure that you are getting proper information because you know you sit there you google it and it tells you one thing but when you go to the library and pull out a book it tells you another 
and you're listening to all these people um, with their commentary, just like myself, where I comment on current events, and some of us just take things as dogma because maybe they're, they've been in the business long or maybe because they've been retweeted by the president or something like that. What you need to do is listen and pay attention. I got my panties in a huge bunch, huge bunch. I was really, really upset when I saw a tweet from Mark Levin and it's uh, published through the conservative review saying Levin, the speaker of the house is an American fascist. That is wrong. That is extremely wrong, very wrong. And this is exactly what the radical left and the regime that has been ruling the United States for decades has been doing, providing you false definitions. I mean, maybe he said it in the heat of the moment. He should change that because she is not a fascist. Fascists are not what Nancy Nancy Pelosi stands for. We have not been under any uh, regime or any um, government that can be even remotely uh, seen as a fascist government. They do not follow the dogmas of a fascist government, period. And I'm here to tell you exactly what it is I've written up an article. I'll be publishing it after my show. But I want to discern these differences so that way you listen more when you hear people speak. I've said it many times. What we need to do is focus on what our president is saying. And then discern. Take whatever you have and discern fact from fiction. Now, The reason I got my panties in a bunch, like I said, is because he used a word wrongly. She is not a fascist. The Democrats in general, including Pelosi, are not fascists. They do use fascist groups to promote the type of government they represent. And it is not fascism. It's a totalitarian government. That is why my panties are in a huge bunch. And you know what? These ideologies, these uh, um, definitions of different governments have been around and been tried and tested by time uh, for over 3,000, 4,000 years. This isn't something insane. And the sole reason, just so you know, that our country is in such a position of divisive speech, divisive ideas, uh, social um, constructs that we just can't understand where they came from because, like I said, small changes yield large results. Because how many people are going to now repeat what Mark Levin said? Oh, Pelosi's a fascist. You sound just as stupid as the left saying anything like that. Because people like Pelosi, Ocasio, Ilhan Omar, Rashida, they have a voice and a platform in our government because of people redefining words and skewing facts. Remember, our president ran with the promise of transparency, embracing our values as a nation, and securing the foundations of our nation the way our founding fathers had intended him had intended to be implemented, correct? Totalitarianism, so you understand, has been around 
for at least a century within our nation. Soft push. Small changes. And it is very different from fascism. Fascism is kind of like, we're the best, you suck, period. That is not the Democratic Party. Though they share similarities in their actions, they are not. And the sooner we realize it, the sooner we can rectify the problems that we have. You cannot fix something if you don't know what you're fixing. And it makes me very irate when I see people with platforms that are supposedly batting for us, that are supposedly there to guide us, to deliver the news to us, and make such huge mistakes. Because even if you go to the doctor, he can't make you, you can't say, oh, doctor, I hurt. And without a diagnosis, he can't fix it. Well, here is us diagnosing our country right now. And I, I welcome, after my first hour, anyone to come on and tell me that we are not observing the destruction of a totalitarian government that has been in place for over a century. All the Democrats and all the previous administrations are, by definition, what a totalitarian regime is. Because why? A totalitarian regime isn't so autarkic. It doesn't come at you like a fascist one would. Um, it's like soft communism. Even the USSR was noted to be uh, um, uh, a, a more extreme form of totalitarianism, which is, in essence, a form of communism. So what they try to do is they infiltrate all aspects of our social lives. They control the economy, the education, sciences, art, music, our private life, telling us what's acceptable, sexuality, right? Anyone? Gender, anyone? Right? And morals. Okay? This is exactly what they've been doing for over a century, guiding us to what is morally correct. They have defined it. They have put out dogmas that we are not allowed to refute. Because the one thing that, we're see, that we see in totalitarian governments is that they refuse and they annihilate anyone who comes in oppositions of their ideology. This is exactly, by definition, what the Democratic Party represents, and previous Republican parties, yes? Think about it. They have literally invaded every single nook and cranny in our societal structure. And the ultimate goal of a totalitarian government is to control your thoughts and your actions as citizens. Have they not done this? Do they not shame you if you speak up against them? Do they not just berate you and call you racist, xenophobic, Islamophobic, sexist at a drop of a hat? Yes, they do. Because this is how they condition you to silence you. This is how they manipulate your speech. They are a totalitarian government. The Democrats represent that. They even use all access to our information from the internet to the mainstream media to purport every single ass imposition into our being, telling us what to eat, how to think, how to look, how to act, how to talk, what's fair and what's not fair. They tell you. This ideology was first referenced by Plato as a soft dictatorship, a voluntary forfeit of the innate 
right of freedoms of people. This isn't a new idea. And it was further reinforced in 1923 by an Italian philosopher slash historian, Amendola. And it's used to actually describe communists. And just so you know, Winston Churchill used the same term twice to refer to Hitler. So having an arbitrary rule of the totalitarian system thrust upon us, we have not even been able to see clear the changes they've been making so subtly. Now, could Levin be a snake in our foxhole? Maybe. And I don't put it past a totalitarian government. Could it be that he misspoke because he doesn't understand the difference? Maybe. That's up to him to answer. The bottom line is... They are not fascists. The ideology of a totalitarian government is to personify and of, of a utopia. We see it with Ocasio telling you about this place where everyone has the same money, everyone has free education, and we're just all happy and licking lollipops walking down the street. Scientism, oh, you know, this is fact. You know, they define their facts. And politically justified violence. Come on, how many times have we seen it? This is how a totalitarian government works. And I'm not a historian. Well, I self-proclaim to be one because I love it. But nor can I say, I mean, I could say that I'm an abstract philosopher because I like to ponder on things, but it's self-reported, right? I haven't uh, gotten a PhD in philosophy. Uh, maybe I should because the bottom line is maybe we, we need to have this conversation because we need to understand exactly where we're standing. We can't fix the problem we have within our nation if we can't recognize what the problem is. You know, the aim that the Democrats have and previous regimes, because I'm going to call them regimes, is that they push forward their own ethical type of governance by controlling our culture, and they utilize psychological violence, you know, like calling you names, excluding you, banning you, not allowing you, putting like like Laura Loomer when she handcuffed herself to Twitter and she had that yellowed star that the Jews wore like the Nazis. How many people have been marked by social media by being banned? That's a mark that they silence you and they persecute anyone who defies or refutes their mandate. Do we not see this? Yes, we do. How many people are refused to enter restaurants, hotels, get hired for a job? These are facts, and we need to stick to them to understand the condition. This is the diagnosis of where our government our people, our nation is right now. And in the era where we actually have a president seeking to, prov- to, to provide power back to the people, we have to be very careful and stay true to the bearings, follow the North Star. We have to stay true to history and most of all definitions. We cannot, in our own way, change things because it makes us no different though 
I can't fault those that do. Really, I can't. Because they've been conditioned to do so. They've been conditioned to redefine things. So maybe this redefinition that Mark Levin did and so proudly put it out there like, yes, I did. I did it. You're wrong. You shouldn't have done it because it's false and it's misleading and it's not doing us any justice. It is not helping our nation by misdiagnosing the problem. Democrats today are simply perpetuating the agenda to the T of a totalitarian regime. And it's a psychological operation and it's common practice. Our president just tweeted, uh, you know, just a little while ago, Nancy said she just doesn't understand why. Very simply, without a wall, it all doesn't work. Our country has a chance to greatly reduce crime, human trafficking, gangs, and drugs should have been done for decades. We will not cave. Now, think about it. Here's the totalitarian regime in action. We know we cannot dispute that a physical barrier would reduce any penetration. I mean, we use dams to stop water flow, and it works quite well, not drones, right? And those are physical, you know, tangible things, right? Human beings are tangible, so is water. We use physical barriers to block a lot of things. We use physical barriers in war zones to deter and minimize infiltration from the enemy into our camps. Yet for some reason, they're redefining what a, what a wall is. And they're telling you that the definition of a wall is racist. Kind of like people saying that they're fascist when they're not. It's important to know, and I really like this writing by George Orwell back in 1941, uh, and it was titled, it was kind of like a short statement he made on literature and totalitarianism. Because remember, 1984 wasn't, was written describing a totalitarian government. So many of you are like, holy, we are in 1994. We need a 1776 to wake up. And here is my favorite quote. The peculiarity of the totalitarian state is that thought that though it controls thought, it doesn't fix it, right? It sets up unquestionable dogma, so you can't question Nancy Pelosi, right? And it alters them from day to day. So calling them a fascist, it'll be tweaked a little bit, and then we'll just make it real. It needs the dogmas, the definitions, in essence, or the defining things, because it needs absolute obedience from its subjects, but cannot avoid the changes which are dictated by the needs of power politics. It declared itself infallible, and at the same time, it attacks every concept of the objective truth. And for me, it's all about being objective and being truthful and factual. I've said it many, many times. Don't listen to me. I mean, don't take what I say as fact. I want you to go out there and see it yourself. I want you to question everything you listen to and read because that is how we educate ourselves. That is how we arm ourselves with the truth. And again, in the age of information, ignorance is literally a choice. 
Because if you purport to repeat what other people are saying just because they're saying it, you are no different than the sheeple that constantly respond and repeat and repeat and repeat what the left says. Sexist, racist, this, that. They're not fascists. They're totalitarianists. So we must be very, very careful who we declare as factual reporting and commentary because they have conditioned us to hear for so many years but not listen. Listening is discerning altered dogmas that were once unquestionable. So for me, I was red in the face. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Because... How are we going to fix our country if we don't understand what's wrong with it? Even in religion, what is it? When a demon possesses someone, right? They say you need to call the demon by its name, right? To expel it, right? Isn't that true? Whenever they do an exorcism, they're like, tell me your name and then they can expel it. Well, how are we going to call this demon out if we're not naming it? It needs to be identified and named. And all these fruity leftists, radical leftists that are all into theory, they can't refute that what we're living under is a totalitarian regime. This is fact. This has been debated for eons. And most recently in uh, modern history, where people are referring to exactly what it is. It really, I, I, I urge everyone Whenever you're faced with any problem, you know how we moan, like for me, it's like, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds and, oh, I just can't do it. Well, no, I need to call the demon by its name. And it's like, damn those Twinkies. Once I identify it's the Twinkies, I eliminate the Twinkies. There goes my 20 pounds. You see what I'm trying to say? So we need to um, focus on factual information. Factual information that has stood the test of time. Like President Trump said, no reinventing wheels. Let's stick to the facts. You know, um, most recently there was a guy, um, Juan Fuentes, who said that totalitarianism is invented traditions, right? Invented. Listen, that that is actually quite a cool statement. And it's modern despotism. And reverse anachronism. That's, uh, you know, having his paper up, I have it on my screen. It's just incredible is how they try to reshape the past in the image of the likeness of the present. Do they not do that? Yes, they do. How many times have they misstated history? How many times do they bank on you forgetting so they just make statements out of the blue and you're like, yeah, that's right. And it's like, no, it's not. This didn't happen. This is the fact. Well, you're refuting what we're saying. You're banned. You're proving that we're wrong. You need to be silenced. You're this hate crime. This is what they do. A totalitarian government takes your past, obfuscates it, you know, molds it to make sense of what they're doing now, like to justify what they're doing. 
So they can take something completely out of context that happened 50 years ago, like, uh, you know, the right for women to vote or how abortion came to be. You know, they won't tell you that they started abortions in order to minimize, you know, black Americans. That was their goal to eradicate them because they were an air quote from the founder of Planned Parenthood air quotes. They're mating like rabbits and we need to get rid of them from our nation. But they won't tell you that. They'll tell you how they were, you know, pushing forward for women's rights. They won't tell you the truth. They won't tell you that Martin Luther King was a Republican. That he stood for capitalism. No, they won't tell you that. Because they need to reshape the past. So they can tell you and justify what they're doing in the present. It's very important on all aspects of our life in order to understand what is going on, how we fix what's going on, that we can face the problem and give it a name. We have been living in a totalitarian regime for at least a century. They have been poking holes in every aspect of our lives, every single aspect, through advertising, through mainstream media, through changing our education. They're dumbing down our children. This is how they operate. And the sooner we realize it, and the sooner we accept it, the sooner we can rectify it. They bank on your need for a utopia. They bank on these needs and and we're all falling for it because we've con- I was born under a totalitarian regime I was supposed to be conditioned but I guess maybe because I'm a stifler for facts and I like history I like living history because I would ask old people when I was nine years old how the war was and they would tell me their stories that was my entertainment maybe because I'm different it's different for me on that note I'll see you all in a few, and we'll pick this up and enter into Venezuela. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone. And call right now. 855-700-2978. 
855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Says Show. Uh, you can message me on Tor underscore Says on Twitter and Gab. Uh, thing, and also email me at Tori at ToriSays.com. Uh, and like I said, I will be publishing uh, the, an article on ToriSays.com describing this. And the reason I started with these definitions and how, you know, I put tons of runs in my pantyhose this morning when I saw that uh, was because definitions are important. And what we have to realize is that a lot of foundational, a lot of the foundation of the knowledge that we have uh, from science to philosophies to political ideologies, political science, psychology, you name it, it's been skewed. Now, many of you had, you know, uh, sent me messages throughout the show and I read them during my break saying, I never even knew that there was something called it. I mean, I've heard about it, but this is exactly what the Democrats are. Exactly. And so here's the thing. What we're going to see is, is that even dictatorship has been altered. So again, before these messages and definitions were muddled and um, shaped to justify actions that they do in the present, right? Prior to uh, the Second World War, let's say, or the beginning of the Second World War, we would identify things correctly. Because you'll see, you can't have a totalitarian government and a dictatorship at the same time. Because a totalitarian government works in concert with you approving and forfeiting your rights and just um, going with it, right? And just accepting it. Just you bow down, you're like, yep. A dictatorship, they whip you into submission, right? 
whip you into some kind of like what's going on in Venezuela. And we'll talk about Venezuela because I've been talking about Venezuela for a very long time because this was bound to happen. And I'm also going to point out the really, really fake news in regards to Venezuela too. So a dictatorship, the difference between a dictatorship, because someone, um, also texted me, hey, it sounds like they're dictators. It's like, well, see, this is where we're wrong because, again, here's where we're skewing messages. This is why I find it very important that people stay true to the right etymology and do not purport facts, purport statements like that, especially when you are fighting the good fight, when you're supposed to be batting for the right team. So, totalitarianism, you submit. They penetrate ever so slightly. Small changes over a period of time yield massive results. Dictatorship, they don't need time. They just whip you into submission. They're like, oh, you don't want it? You're dead. Oh, you don't want to listen? You're dead. That's the way a dictatorship works. You defy me, you're dead. The way totalitarianism works is you defy me, I'm going to shame you into submission and you will be an example for everyone else to see so they will shut up and say what I say. Get it? This is exactly what we've been living since what? The early 1900s, right? They tell you what to think. Even with the introduction of Social Security, people were like, but I should look after my parents. Don't worry about your parents. You'll be working and paying into this fund called Social Security, and the government will take care of them. Forget family values. Oh, what? You think you can do better? You can't. You don't even have two pennies to rub together. Look at this clown with two pennies rubbing together. He doesn't want to pay one of those pennies in so he can look after, so we can look after him later. Made an example. Boom, everyone follows. That's the way totalitarian um, works, Okay. And, of course, the Democrats have recruited real fascists, Antifa. They're actually fascists, which is so ironic that they use the term anti-fascist. They are, by definition, fascists. And I've written a piece for a magazine that should be published soon uh, where I actually interviewed a lot of these Antifa organizations, and they define their very actions at what fascism is. But, you know, Antifa is kind of like anti-fascist 2.0 right and they have merged with anarchism increasing though in violence justifying their violence justifying their death and you know what a totalitarian government will not denounce but will not even promote they will just allow them to exist because they are executing uh, the very thing they want to happen which is condition your thought condition your actions and instill their morals on you and tell you how to act which is obviously what a totalitarian government does they tell you how to think they tell you how to speak look at what they're doing If you're banned, you're suddenly, well, if they banned you, you must be a really horrible person. Huh? No, I'm not. I spoke against them. Well, you know, that's not free speech if it's hate speech. Who defines it? The totalitarian government does. So let's get into dictatorship because a lot of people say Hitler was a dictator. Mussolini was a dictator. No, they weren't. They were extreme nationalists. That is what fascism is. And you know, the word fascism comes from fascia which is, you know, um, in, in Latin, and it's like a bundle of sheath of sticks, and it would always represent authority. 
Okay, because in ancient Rome, they would always there was a saying that is uh, one stick alone can snap, but a bundle of them is harder to break. Right. You know, kind of like I repeat, they are few, we are many. They can't break down the many. And so they would represent the legislators of ancient Rome as a sheath bundle of fasca. And so, you know, that is the symbol, that is the emblem that they had. And this is where the word, a word fascism came from because Mussolini was an extreme nationalist. He wasn't about ethnic cleansing. He was about... Um, you know, no one gets into these things to do bad things, right? No leader, even Hitler, I don't believe entered into politics to kill people, right? The Jews just came after, right? He needed to give them more. Now that he had instilled uh, this totalitarian regime, changed the way they thought about things, changed the way, what you know, what their morals were, how it was, and shifted anger to one place because it's great to blame one person right isn't it I've said this before like even when you're a kid if you break something it's easier to just point it at someone else rather than take the heat yourself right or say that we've partook in that and and people get angry when they're like oh my god he's doing this I can't believe he's in office and I was like well you elected him they hate it when you tell them that people hate to know that they are responsible for the condition we are in. And just like (laughs) I'm responsible for the condition we are in today. Remember, I admit I voted for Obama. And you're going to be like, what? And it's like, yes, I knew all this. I knew it. Well, actually, I had not done my homework on Obama. Let's Let's be clear on that. I was not... Um, able to have access to information because I was actually busy, uh, like working and I didn't have access to communications. So I didn't really do my homework when I dropped that vote. Honest. And I regret it. And I use that and I, and I, and I've reinforced it to my children and whoever, and your vote is the most important thing you have. When you drop it, you need to treat that as part of your soul because this is your voice. This is your time to make a difference. So dictatorship is what we see in Venezuela. We, it was not Hitler. Hitler was not a dictator. He was a totalitarianist, right? Period. He changed the way people thought. He conditioned them. They, they followed suit, and they followed behind him. And then afterwards, he came in with a stronger sword to keep them in line. So one would say that's kind of dictatorship, but it's not. Because a totalitarian regime that effectively gets implemented then turns into a communistic-type dictatorship. Uh, that's the next step. Because everything evolves, right? It doesn't, just, it doesn't have a capacity. Life is a cycle. And, uh, you know, from destruction, we get creation and from creation, we always get destruction, right? So what we have in Venezuela is a legit dictatorship and what we've seen. And I was talking about it while history was being made while history was being made. We were here on the Tory says show talking about it. Our president historically acknowledged another individual other than that who claims to be president of Venezuela. This is a huge deal. This is a historical moment that is being passed on and no one's talking about it. This hasn't, this is historic. 
It is very historic, kind of like it was historic when they gave land to the Jews and then they, they said, now everybody acknowledged that that is a nation and acknowledged their passports, right? And till today, many countries don't acknowledge Israeli passports. They don't because they don't want to and they don't have to. They're their own country. They can do what they want. We can't impose it. And just as we were talking about it yesterday, and I played that clip of Vice President Pence giving a message to the Venezuelans saying, we are with you. Our president made the announcement that he's recognizing Juan Guaido, as, who is the president of the um, Venezuelan National Assembly. Remember, I told you guys yesterday that the president of the National Assembly was Maduro from, um, for six months between uh, 2005 and 2006 before he slotted himself into Chavez's flank and became Minister of Foreign Affairs. Because if someone is there, then the people like them. That's the mentality, right? The people like them, that's why they're there. Okay? So this is something that they use to justify uh, Maduro's existence. And we all know he was placed there by the previous totalitarian regimes and uh, more um, specific, the Bush administration, right? Because that's where it started, Bush 40. Well, it actually started with um, Clinton, but it was reinforced by uh, Bush 43 and then embraced by President Barack Obama until Chavez woke up and said, oh, well, hold on a second, and decided to realize what he was really into. And he literally, his quote was that Barack Obama is a clown. And you can fact check me on that. I would urge you to. So um, our president made this statement that he is with the people and he recognizes Juan Guaido as the legitimate president of Venezuela. At that point, Maduro informed the United States that they have 72 hours to pull out any U.S. diplomats or American citizens to leave the country. Our response to that by Pompeo was, we're not moving anybody, which is important. Why? Because if any hair is touched upon their head. If any harm comes to any of these U.S. diplomats, then we will be getting involved. Now, I want to tell you what the list of countries that actually support Maduro is. Because for some reason, the mainstream media has included China and Russia. And first of all, they do not support Maduro. They've never said it. They stand by neutral. And I'll explain how. So pay attention. Cuba, Nicaragua, Bolivia, Iran, and Turkey. Common theme between those countries, right? Common? No? So think about it. We've got Turkey saying we are Maduro. They're like trending that hashtag like for real. We've got Iran totally behind Maduro. We've got Cuba. We've got everyone. Cuba more so because, you know, they despise that the United States would enter another country and meddle with their politics. But here's the thing. The United States won't have to enter anything. Because here is, you know, I hear a lot of right and left person saying, oh, look at Trump playing 5D chess. Well, let me show you how he has. 
So in November and September, from, well, actually August until November, China has moved a lot of their military into Venezuela. And this is part of an agreement they had with Maduro because they invested about 4 to $5 billion in infrastructure. So they have agreements with Venezuela. And more likely, it's probably, we'll rebuild your airports because they're privatizing them. They're privatizing airports. They're privatizing ports, meaning, you know, China buys a seaport. And China's done this in Greece, too, by the way. And so that means they control all seaports. It's theirs. And so they probably have some exchange with their oil because, remember, Venezuela has the largest reserves in black gold and normal gold, by the way. So much oil that they have over 300 years of oil reserves compared to Saudi Arabia that has 69. Okay? I mean, the rate of extraction of oil could influence, you know, the time span of oil reserves because that's actually calculated on how many gallons you pull every day, right? But nevertheless, it's more than four times what Saudi Arabia has. So we have China there. And then in December, you know, Russia moved in a few things, you know, nuclear um, you know, uh, capable bombers. And so they're there and, you know, a lot of people are like, Ooh, Russia's totally on the bandwagon. And it's like, but Russia didn't say that. See, because people don't listen. They say, uh, it was reported in the guardian that Venezuela's Maduro has key allies that are led by Russia and China and have warned the U S not to stage an external intervention, which is correct. We should not intervene. We should not. We should support uh, the people of Venezuela and what they want, but we do not intervene unless we have to. And uh, they also said that um, Russia said, which they did because I listened to the Russian news, that we warn against any U.S. military intervention. And we believe it's a catastrophic scenario to shake the foundation of the model that we have been seeing in Latin America. Right. And Bolsonaro talked about that, too, how volatile South America is from external influences. Right. Bolsonaro that was just elected president in Brazil. So furthermore, they said that they will support uh, the strategic partner, friendly Venezuela, and will support it. They're just going to support in general, because here's the deal. Let's pretend all of us right now that are um, sharing time on air. Right. Decide to invest $5 billion on, in Venezuela. And we know Venezuela is a crap hole. Uh, the people are literally eating garbage. They're getting killed by the military when they lift their heads up to say anything against their supreme leader, right? Their actual dictator, because that's what a dictatorship is. But, you know, that dictator is letting us buy his ports, letting us buy um, his airports. We're privatizing. We're getting some oil. We're, we're making some money here. It's pretty good. We're good. But suddenly, the country that we've invested in is at arms. And we don't know how it's going to go. You know, millions of Venezuelans going against uh, the uh, dictator, and the dictator only has the military. This could go either way, right? It could go for the people or totally for the dictator. I mean, the dictator, to maintain dictatorship, will have to kill a lot of Venezuelans to keep them in check, right? He will have to execute 
the interim, you know, um, a leader that has uh, been declared as president, uh, Juan Guaido, right? And they will have to uh, purport many atrocities. So as an investor, you and I sitting there watching this saying, well, I don't want to get in the middle of it because I got $5 billion in this thing, all right? I got a lot of skin in the game, and I want Juan Guaido to accept me as a partner so I will not get involved because the financial interest is high. So the reason China and the reason Russia are there to protect their interests to not allow external forces. And the United States knows this because we have great relations with these big, strong countries. So what the mainstream media is not telling you is that Russia and China will not get in the middle of it. They will not attack the people of Venezuela. They will not. They will stay impartial because they have too much skin in the game. But, you know, they're going to tell you how China and Russia are just all going to go to war and they're totally behind Maduro when they're not. They're just saying they're friends with Venezuelans. Done. They're a strategic partner. Done. And, you know, Russia is very, very important, you know, to the Venezuelan people in general. Because they've even given loans to the country, billions of dollars, because they were going to be given oil for that. And that needs to be honored, right? The next president will say, I'll honor that because you did give us money and whatever we had, even though it was crap, you know, we still owe you that. He wants to be fair. This is a business transaction. They're there for interest. So they're not supporting them. Dictators, though, like Erdogan and, you know, Iran's dictator are all behind Maduro. That should tell you enough. And we have people claiming that this is a coup, an American stage coup. And you know what? Maybe there's some merit to that because we're like, you know what? We're supporting the people. So the people are going with like, okay, America has our back. We're not alone. And if the military kills us and they assassinate people on the street, it won't just be America that comes in. It'll be the whole world because that is not allowed to have a wild massacre on your citizens. See, our president is smart and Russia's smart and China's smart because you're not, you know, Russia has a surplus. Remember, they don't owe any money. They have zero debt. China is huge. They've got like, you know, two thirds of the population of the whole planet within their country that they monitor electronically with all these apps like social stuff. 24-7, right? So these aren't stupid leaders. So anyone telling you that, ooh, Russia and China and we're going to go to war is dumb. The United States offered support to the citizens so they know that we're watching. We are watching and we're here. And Canada jumped in and said, we're watching and we're here. So did Brazil. We're watching and we're here. And now leaders from around the world are trying to take a stance, even though they're people who hate Trump and think that Trump is a fascist, right, are trying to say, hey, we've got to stand by the people. And it's not because we're saying, hey, we'll come in there and yeehaw. No, we're saying we're watching. And if something happens that violates humanitarian, global humanitarian laws, and not laws as to the form of draconian or written, but come on, if you are, you know, 30 nations and you see one where one dude just takes an Uzi and executes its population, you're going to go in there and say, stop. It is unnecessary death. 
right? Because it's the right thing to do. It's a humanitarian crisis, kind of like what's going on at our border, humanitarian crisis. You have to say stop at some point. You know what's weird is that Mexico's not jumping on that bandwagon. Mexico's like, mm, I don't know. I'm going to kind of stay away from this and kind of think Maduro needs to stay there. Communists. <laughs> so this is the real news. This is the real skinny on what's going on in Venezuela. We have put the spotlight to help the people because our president is not a fascist. He's not a totalitarian for sure, not a communist, not a dictator, but a populist. That means he is for the people first and not only his own, but others. He calls them out all the time. Pompeo, he himself says it. Trump said it in the U.N., when are you going to look after the people? You're, look at, you're looking after everybody, every other country's interests, but not the interests of your people. Because to be an effective leader, the people that you lead must support you, must agree with you, and they must walk with you. It's the same thing in the military. If you have a sergeant or a CO that is a prick and you don't like his policies, you are not walking with him. You are walking behind him because you have to. But if you follow or walk with your CO and walk with your sergeant, your mission will be accomplished a lot faster, more effective, and will yield results because there will be no resentment. And the only way a leader of a nation can operate is when its people do not feel suppressed, when its people do not feel like they have to think a certain way, that they have to walk and talk a certain way, and that he listens or she listens. And if you look at all the other countries, like I've said for this whole hour, almost every Western nation is ruled by a totalitarian regime, inching towards communism, because that is the next step of a totalitarian regime, communism. And people call it socialism. That transition period is called socialism. So right now, this end of totalitarian regime that the whole world is seeing is that shift into communism, which is called the soft socialism that people are readily accepting, which is insane. Because now is where they're pushing this utopia, pushing this one love for all, pushing this acceptance for all, push, pushing for this castration of anything that would stand for any identity. In Venezuela, they were forced to castrate their identities. They were forced to bow down or else they lose their life. That's a dictatorship. And what our populist president is that because he's a populist centrist he is not right he is not left he is a centrist and a populist he put the spotlight on people that needed it the most and for that we should applaud our president because he represents the real american people the right way compassionate ready to attack any humanitarian crisis and always under one god i'll see you guys all after this break you're listening to 
Tori says for the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, for the second hour of the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, as always, I do open up my phone lines if you guys have any questions, any comments. In this second hour, what I wanted us to do is kind of break down uh, what is going on and what has gone on so far uh, in regards to our domestic politics. Uh, and aside from me, and you know, demonstrating uh, the actual diagnosis of what the Democrats and previous governments are, what we need to look at is the situations that are going on today uh, that affect us directly and more so this government shutdown that I've been saying pink slips, they've already been handed out. Because a lot of people are like, we're not hearing about it. No, you're not going to hear about the big pink slips because no one's going to tell you about the big pink slips. Why? Because it's important that they keep that under wraps. They can't tell you why this senior DOJ official got fired. But here's the thing. They're already telling you that people got pink slips. And you're just not listening. Remember how um, I've been saying that people aren't listening? So the Commerce Secretary, Wilbur Ross, you know, he's, uh, he's super wealthy. Right? He's in our president's cabinet. And on Thursday, uh, you know, he questioned why some federal workers were using food banks, okay, instead of taking out loans to get through the month-long partial government shutdown. Now, ask yourself that. If you know that you've been doing a great job, if you know that you are a bona fide employee that will make it past RIF, why would you not get yourself a loan that you can so easily get because there are programs out there? That's a question. Because if I know that my work is impeccable, that I have never stymied, obstructed, used my time as a federal worker to purport uh, ideologies like the Democratic Socialists of America to um, evade detection of leaking top-secret, secret, classified, magic-level documentation, then I have nothing to worry about. So I am okay in asking my bank to extend me monies so that I don't feel this because I know that I will be getting back pay when we all know most of us that get furloughed don't even get back pay, right? So this is something very important that is not being pretty much reported much, right? That there is an uncertainty. And... The thing is, he was asked on CNBC to comment on reports that some of the 800,000 workers currently not receiving paychecks are going to homeless shelters to get food. This is them referring to the uncertainty of all these federal workers. 
And his response was, well, I know they are, and I don't really quite understand why. So let's all think of why we would not go and get a loan um, to cover us during a government shutdown. Think about it. Why wouldn't you go and get a loan? One, it could be grandstanding, so you have a story to tell. You could be one of those, you know, radical protesters to show how much harm the shutdown is doing to you. But who's really going to put their children at risk, right? But then the other one is, is if I know that I've been underproductive or that there may be a slight chance that they know that I've done something illegal or they know that I subscribe to ideologies that promote communism, which is a, you know, even in the oath, when we swear in new citizens, what do we say? That you reject communism. So think about it, (laughs) right? Totally makes sense. So this is coming out now because, like I said, pink slips already went out. So he says, the obligations that they would undertake, say borrowing from a bank or a credit union, are in effect federally guaranteed. So the 30 days of pay that some people will be out, there's no real reason why they shouldn't be able to get a loan out. Is there? No, there isn't. Unless they know that they are qualified to be eliminated as employees. So Pelosi chimed in saying, is this the let them eat cake kind of attitude or call your father for money? And, and you know, Speaker Pelosi even evoked Marie Antoinette, according to this article, and took an indirect jab at Trump for inheriting family money to relaunch his business. Says Pelosi. Pelosi, who has fleeced our nation, who has used her position in office to gain immense wealth, who her son was convicted of fraud, who her husband may indeed be in a lot of trouble. Now, Ross further said that uh, the people might have to pay a little bit of interest, but the idea is that the paycheck, uh, it's, it's, it's a paycheck basically, or zero. It's not really a valid idea. And, you know, this guy is super rich. His financial disclosures show that he has like $700 million. So here is the mainstream media trying to say, look at the rich guy telling people you should get a loan when he has $700 million. Like, what are they suggesting? That he hands it out to the 800,000 employees? Let's just get this straight. But what this is really telling you is that the federal workers that were furloughed already know that they're fired or are going to be fired. They know this. And President Trump made it clear. People understand exactly what's going on, he said. But many of those people that won't be receiving a paycheck, many of those agree 100% with what I'm doing. Yes, they do. Because they're okay. The ones that are taking out the loans are the ones that are staying within the government. The ones that are not taking well, and there might be some, you know, (laughs) some people that are just dumb and will go get a loan. A lot of them have actually gotten other jobs already. So think about it. The pink slips have already went out and they're telling us, but they're not really telling us because then that would draw attention to the fact that President Trump won this. 
it was important that he did this, and he's trimming the fat. Because they say that there's 800,000 federal workers furloughed. How about when only 100,000 come back? Then what? That's going to be a big story. Yeah, we had to trim out the communists, the ones that subscribe to totalitarianism, the ones that support the Democratic Socialists of America, the Antifa rioters. Because just because you're wearing a mask doesn't mean that they won't follow you from the moment you put the mask on. We have cameras everywhere. You are monitored. And, mind you, that is actually how a totalitarian government works. They surveil every single aspect of your life just to reinforce the idea that the Democrats and all other administration previous have all been the same, a totalitarian regime. So pink slips have been sent out and they are worried. And Ross simply reinforced this notion by saying, well, I don't know why they're not getting loans. And all you have to do is think, right? Listen to what he's saying. They're not taking out loans and I wouldn't understand why because they're pretty much federally backed. And just note that there are many banks that are giving these loans to furloughed workers with zero interest. So why aren't they getting loans? loans because they know they're getting fired or they have been fired. So this is going to come out later when the mass firings happen, which I assume, or if I were president Trump and I'm not, I don't think I'm really qualified to speak for him because I don't have his experience, but drawing on my experience and what I would do is the minute the shutdown is ready to end, I send a mass notice to all lower level employees that you're fired. That's how it's going to (laughs) work. And those workers that aren't getting loans already got their pink slip since Monday or are just waiting for the pink slip because they know they've done something wrong. And you know, Imagine, and this is me putting on my Intel hat, if I see that an employee that I have no evidence has done wrong is not getting a loan and has children and goes to a food bank instead and doesn't go to the media and talk about it, then I know that they have something to hide and they're not willing to get a loan because if their financial uh, status is as of such that they've not been too much in debt, not overspending, they're tapping into their savings uh, fiscally, or what if they have no financials, they've gone through whatever little savings, because it's it's not a, a you know something wrong to say. There's a lot of people that live paycheck to paycheck. Geez, you know, in this economy, well, it used to as well. A lot of us are. Even uh, many of us that have a household income of 250000 still live paycheck to paycheck. Because things are expensive, stuff happens, right? And one emergency a year is enough to drain your savings, yes? I know this for a fact. When my husband was furloughed from the railway for four months, that was detrimental. That is a huge dent. You know, that's a huge income. That's, you know, seven, eight grand a month gone, And if you don't have the savings, you're done. And you know, right before that, I was like, let's just pay off the kid's braces. And then boom, he's furloughed. I'm like, oh, well, we'll just have to make a do. Um, and, And it's a reality for many Americans. But for these federal workers, they don't have to. The good workers, the honest workers know that they'll get their money back because they've been good workers. They have not violated any laws. They have not let their personal, because they could be, staunch Democrats, but they have not let any of their personal 
ideologies enter into their service for the public. Those people will be hired back. So I expect less than 100000 to come back after this. Uh, that's what I expect. Furthering to that, um, you know, so we know pink slips went out. They're starting to hint on it. I just wanted you uh, with me to listen to, um, I would say, a, a press, a press um, discussion that Kellyanne Conway had yesterday. Um, let's take a listen to this and just listen to what she says resolution for the State of the Union. How does the president plan to get around that if that doesn't happen? Well, the president accepted Speaker Pelosi's invitation but to... No, there's no joint resolution. Well, why did she do that? Why did she issue an invitation? Why did she lie about security concerns? Why aren't you covering that? Do you think she lied about security concerns? Are you willing to use the red lie that you love to let fly so often when it suits your, Slay. your points of view? I mean, honestly, she the Secret Service and DHS affirmed to the president even before he asked, that there are no security concerns. And they have since confirmed that publicly to all of you. But you just let that go, that she lied Wait about the security it. concerns. I thought his letter was incredibly gracious to not mention that and to say to her, thanks, I accepted your invitation, I plan on coming. He also is just, what he's doing is he wants everybody to have certainty about Tuesday night, that he intends to go to the chamber in, in Congress and deliver his State of the Union to the entire nation. He hopes that... The speaker and and the caucus will be there. The first lady is inviting her guests, as every first lady does. And I certainly hope that the speaker will not deny seats to our guests also. Is it the belief of the White House that the president can still go down there and give you, you read the president's letter for what it is. And he, of course, is responding to her fake complaint that um, there were security concerns. Uh, as far as we could tell from news accounts, that came from one furloughed worker who called a different member. Whoops. What was that? Her security concerns came from what? A furloughed worker. Pay attention. That is all we have to do is listen to what they're telling us. A furloughed worker. Yes, that is what they said. Interesting. Let's continue. Congress, as far as I can piece together. But I'm going to go with DHS and the Secret Service on this one and what they've told the president. The Rather States. than the furlough. Without a joint resolution, the president does not permission to enter. the White House had talked about, so why not do that instead? Why would, he hold a, why would the president hold a rally when he can, this is the State of the Union. It's not, why hold a rally when he can go and address the entire country? I mean, I guess the big question is, what are you afraid of him saying? Are you afraid of him quoting Democrats who have talked about how walls and barriers work? Or are we afraid of talking about the number of illegal aliens who were stopped or drugs from coming in in places like Yuma and Tucson and San Diego and Tempe where walls have been have been erected successfully? Are they afraid of talking about the tax cut having led to 8 million Americans having raises or bonuses or both and the repatriation of trillions of dollars. Well, I mean, what was everybody so afraid of the president saying at the State of the Union that you would deny the country the ability to hear its president? I think Nancy Pelosi is worried that some of her chamber won't show up. And I- Oops, there we go. Did you hear that? So what are you afraid of? What have I been saying? They don't want the State of the Union because... Empty seats. That's because indictments have already fallen. So what is she worried about? If some of her members of chamber won't show up. Exactly what I said. And, you know, 
the empty seats, many will say, oh, it's about, you know, Ruth, right? Because she's dead and she's plugged in and she's on life support. No, that's already been reported. So people will just be like, wow, empty seat. That's not the thing. It's the members of chamber. Kelly told you exactly what she, Kelly Ann is slaying. All we have to do is do what our president said is listen to him. The fake news are going to fake, right? So what did she just tell you? One, that a furloughed worker was the one that she supposedly referenced for security concern. So we must take his testimony that's furloughed and probably fired, uh, you know, over DHS and Secret Service. And she just told you, what are you afraid of? All these great things that he's going to talk about? Are you worried about that people from your chamber won't show up? That's not an embarrassment to the president. It's an embarrassment to her. They should be there. If they don't want to applaud, they don't want to stand, they don't want to smile, they want to wear a certain color, yay. But show the dignity and serve the people who elected you in your state, in your district, and show up. Um, Are we going to deny seats to the First Lady's guests? I certainly hope not. Do you have the poll? Do you have the poll question? No, but I... Okay, I just wanted to point out, have you guys heard in the background this question that keeps getting asked? What gives the president the idea that he can enter the House of Congress without permission? Talk about telling us that she was not going to give him permission. They already know. They're all orchestrated. All we have to do is just listen to what they're really saying. Not hear them, but listen to them. Because that was the second time this dude screamed out that question. Let's continue. I just want to see the question. Uh, the, the, the question was, is the wall for the government shutdown? And so why would that be the question? Why is that a good question? Now, I'm asking you why you're still saying wall when the president has said, I'm asking why you and the polling questions, respectfully, are still saying wall when the president has said, you can call it whatever you want, call it steel slap barriers, call it. Well, I was in the situation room when he said to, when he said to Leader Schumer, Minority Leader Schumer, that you can, that it's a, he has, that's a great slogan, build a wall and crime will fall. We know that's true. Again, are we afraid of that? Right. He calls it wall, steel slap barrier, physical barrier, anything. In other words, we need a physical barrier that you can't crawl under, climb over, drive through, or walk around. That's why I have doors in my house. I assume you do also, and they actually have locks in them. I, I, in other words, it's it's to protect the people on the inside. And so I don't understand why it's so difficult to get beyond what you all want to make. Well, most of you want to make a four-letter word wall. When the president said to Chuck Schumer, very specifically, and the president has said many times since publicly, call it what you want to call it but let's secure our border. Uh, what did they call it in the past when, when the Democrats have voted to renovate the existing wall or to build? I mean, are they willing to take take down? So here's what the president proposed. Whether you want to covet or not, whether you'd rather pick on a bunch of 15-year-olds or lie about you know, the BuzzFeed report, I don't know. But here's what the president actually proposed on Saturday, and that's not directed at you, that's directed at lots of people. Here's what the president proposed. He's got everything that the Democrats had asked for that, that I can tell. More money for detention beds, $800 million for humanitarian needs to be met, $805 million for technology. See, I've memorized it. You can too. You're smart people. $805 million for technology enhancements at the border. 
to detect these drugs that are pouring through. 300 people in this country die from heroin alone each week, and 90% of it comes through the southern border. You can't, you can't argue with that. What, what is the argument? It's 88%, not 90%. It's 292 people, not 300. I mean, folks, let's get serious. It's a lot of drugs coming into. I work on this issue every day here. And by the way, every single Democrat in the House and the Senate that voted, voted in favor of the drug legislation that passed last year. So they've already admitted that we have a drug problem that deserves their vote and additional funding. They've already admitted that. But now when it comes to the southern border, the drug problem is no longer real. That's just folly. That's just, that's petty. And to- and remember, this goes back to our first hour. She did great, by the way, didn't she? Kellyanne is incredible. But that, that goes back to the first hour of this show where I explained to you how a totalitarian regime will skew the past to make it fit into and the likeliness of the present. So they want you to forget what they said, forget it. Forget that they admitted that we have a huge drug problem at the southern border. Forget it. Because, no, that doesn't apply here. The wall is immoral. And it's like, but you just said that, you know, drugs are coming in like crazy and you want to crack down on it. Yeah, but we don't need a wall for that. But but the legislation says that we need to have more physical barriers and to try to stop it. Yeah, but it doesn't. This is how a totalitarian regime works, not a fascist. Let's just reinforce that. So what she said in those few minutes, and it keeps going on for another 10, uh, was very important. She told you a lot of things. She told you that furloughed workers are working with the Democrats. Why? Because they got fired. So the furloughed workers that are communicating with the Democrats are the ones that are getting fired. When you see Democrats coming out, and saying, Pelosi, we need to compromise. We need to do something, right? When they come out and say that because these workers need to get back to work, that's the Democrat that has a friend of a friend or a big donor whose family member just got fired. And there's more coming and they're getting fired and they're worried about getting fired and we need to end this shutdown. But you know, it's too late. Because like I said, the, the most logical thing our president can do right now is say, shutdown is over um, in five minutes. All right, send out the pink slips now, mass. They're all on ready, just one button, enter, done. Done. And okay, one caller asked me to, one uh, uh, listener asked me to provide the number. It's 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. Would love to hear from you. Love to have a conversation with you. Now, before uh, the break, I wanted to play a small clip of breaking news um, from Fox in regards to what's going on today. Have a listen. News. Peter Ducey is in Washington for us because Nancy Pelosi has just responded um, to uh, President Trump's uh, letter in which he said, I'll be there on September, um, January 29th, next Tuesday. I'm going to give the State of the Union address and we should just do this on location, on time, just like we planned. When you first invited me, she has now responded. Peter, what did she say? She said, no, that's not going to happen. And even though the president and the Speaker of the House only work about two miles apart here in Washington, D.C., they have been communicating this with letters. And we Sorry. just got one that the Speaker of the House sent back to the president just a few minutes after the Republican leader in the House, Kevin McCarthy, introduced a resolution, a concurrent resolution that would have to be passed by the House and the Senate to let the president go forward with the State of the Union next Tuesday night. 
She says that's not going to happen. I'm going to read from the letter. When, dear Mr. President, when I extended an invitation on January 3rd for you to deliver the State of the Union address, it was on the mutually agreed upon date, January 29th. At that time, there was no thought that the government would still be shut down. In my further correspondence of January 16th, I said we should work together to find a mutually agreeable date when government has reopened. And I hope we can still do that. I'm writing to inform you that the House of Representatives will not consider a concurrent resolution authorizing the President's State of the Union address in the House chamber until government has opened again. I look forward to welcoming you to the House on a mutually agreeable date for this address when government has been opened. Sincerely, Nancy Pelosi. So if the President still wants to go forward with the State of the Union address, He's going to have to find somewhere else. There has been talk on the Hill among the president's allies about maybe going somewhere outside of Washington, D.C. that could be meaningful to the agenda and to the platform that he's trying to push. But we don't have any specifics yet about where that might be, just not in the building behind me. Peter, I want to point out that when Speaker Pelosi sent her letter on January 16th, she said due to security concerns. The Secret Service and the Department of Homeland Security have said, we have no security concerns. President Trump said that in his letter of response today. But she doesn't mention it in this response. What do you make of that? Well, she yesterday I had a chance to ask the Speaker of the House about whether or not she was going to let the president come. And her big, all that she really said was, uh, we want the workers to get paid. And she doesn't even want to negotiate about the opening of uh, uh, rather about the State of the Union or about a way forward with funding until um, the government Peter, I'm is reopened. Stop you there because President Trump is speaking. So let's go to him. Okay, so I'm going to stop there because we're coming up for a break. That was actually from yesterday that they played today on live. And then right after the break, we'll hear uh, what President Trump had to say. And um, I'm pretty glad that he stood his ground and did not take it out of Washington, D.C., because we need the Democrats throughout history to be labeled as stubborn toddlers. They're stomping their feet and trying to redefine and create new traditions, just like any totalitarian government would. See you after the break. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone. And call right now. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 
855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with My Pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Welcome back to the final um, portion of the Tory Says Show today, January 24, 2019. Remember, you can listen to me live and call in uh, between 12 and 2 Eastern time uh, every day, well, Monday through Friday on Red State Talk Radio. Find me on your local radio station or uh, stream on live uh, or download the app, the Red State Talk Radio app uh, for uh, – your, I guess, convenience. There's also a listen line. So where were we? We were talking about this shutdown. And, you know, I'm going to, uh, I have been focusing on people that aren't voting. And to think, uh, you know, it was reported that, you know, Pascal had retweeted just now uh, that I saw uh, the roll call for the votes of just at least paying some of these government workers, which I'm strongly against. No, we either get it all or don't get any, which means that all of these Republicans that said yes have constituents that are being affected by the furlough. Uh, But guess what? All most of the Republicans voted yes, and 222 Democrats said no. We don't want to pay them. So it's not about the furloughed workers. It's about sticking it to the president. We all know this. But interestingly enough, there are 16 people that didn't vote. Uh, two of them, I know why they didn't vote. So that would make 14 that are questionable. And the one that that I know why they didn't vote is Marino, and we all know that he's stepping down because he was indicted. So uh, let's get on with listening to what the president has to say. Uh, Fox News Live on YouTube uh, put this up. Let's listen to what he has to say. And remember, he did a great thing of not moving the State of the Union. You are not going to force us to change history. You are going to own this. 
They don't want to see crime stop, which we can very easily do on the southern border. And it really is a shame uh, what's happening with the Democrats. Uh, this will go on for a while. Ultimately, the American people will have their way because they want to see no crime. They want to see what we're doing. Like today, we lowered prescription drug prices first time in 50 years. They want to see that the Democrats would never have been able to do that. So we're all working very hard. We'll have to respond to it. We'll respond to it in a timely manner. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, China very much wants to make a deal. We'll see what happens. I like where we are right now. We're doing great as an economy. They're not doing very well uh, because of the tariffs. But as you know, uh, fairly soon that the deal that I made with them will come off. Uh, the tariffs will be substantially increased on China. They're paying billions of dollars to the United States Treasury. First time we've ever done that. First time we've ever had money coming the other way from China. It's always been a one-way street. But I have a very good relationship with President Xi, and we'll see what happens. But we're doing very well in our negotiation with China. One way or the other, doesn't matter. One way or the other, we're going to do well. He says he's been threatened by you and... Uh, Mr. Giuliani, he and his family have been threatened. No, I would say he's been threatened by the truth. He's only been threatened by the truth. And uh, uh, he doesn't want to do that probably for me or other of his clients. Uh, he has other clients also, I assume. And uh, he doesn't want to tell the truth for me or other of his clients. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, so let's just um, listen to what he said. Um, obviously, he responded uh, to... Uh, you know, Pelosi denying his access to the House to deliver his State of the Union address. But he also reinforced that he has really good relations with China, which is very important since they have very uh, big interests in Venezuela and with what's going on. He's telling you we're fine. And also he's reinforcing just how much money we're getting because our treasury is getting super fat for the first time in probably a century. Now, the thing that I wanted to talk about, because everyone's like, oh, we could talk about Cohen today. What about Cohen? Cohen is a big nothing burger, but I'm going to tell you what. If you actually watch um, through Fox News Live, and it's titled on YouTube, The White House, uh, one twenty four nineteen Breaking News Trump, it's about... Um, on the thirty on the thirtieth thirty first minute it begins where he's talking, the clip that I played. When he started talking about Cohen, you should see the smirk on his face. Because he's right. He's confronted by the truth. And what have we learned about Cohen? Who are his other clients? Let's revisit a tweet slash thread that I made yesterday. And I said, What if a law firm linked to President Trump was found to be linked to Backpage.com, the media would lose their mind. Yet, we have law firms, firms linked to the Obama administration, the DNC, direct links, not, oh, indirect, direct links. Obama, Obama administration, former White House counsel, Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, and the DNC, all found to be linked to Backpage.com. Huge human trafficking. And do we remember what other clients Cohen had? Yes, that's right. The Podesta brothers. And you should have seen, he said it twice, and he had this ever so slight cute little smirk when he said it. And I was like, yeah, you go. Because that is the truth. 
He didn't come because he is intimidated by the truth. And, you know, a lot of people were like, you know, why did Mueller wait? Why did he let fake news spread? He didn't wait to let fake news spread. He waited to make sure that he erased every piece of manufactured evidence saying that President Trump told him to do something or directed him to do something because he knew he was going to be in trouble. So the minute that came out, you know who came down? Whitaker. He's like, yo, can I see this? Uh, Yeah, hold on. Let me get my paper straight. And he's like, okay, so you need to make a statement and say that this isn't true because I don't see anything like that. Do you, Mueller? No, I don't. So maybe you should come out and say something, huh? Deleting. Scott Adams keeps saying that the only reason that Mueller was appointed was to delete, obfuscate, and destroy any evidence showing uh, this collusion against the people. Remember, a totalitarian government wants to penetrate every single nook and cranny of your life and society. They will die and fall on their own sword to protect their agenda to make it seem wholesome and truthful when it's not. Pretty interesting. This is why I'm not even talking about Cohen. It's a nothing burger. This is something that the mainstream media manufactures. And like Kellyanne said, so right, you can sit and pick on, you know, 15-year-old kids and, and talk about Cohen, but these are the news that we need to be talking about. And I've said that before. For some reason, many people out there, conservative, leftist media, all they do is it's like as if they're reporting against each other. I'm more right, you're more wrong, and they're losing scope. They are completely losing scope of what is important, what is the news, and what is important to be told, what stories are important to be told, what do the people need to know. Should we talk about the air quotes of great? I think we should, right? Um, but before I get into that, I want to read his... Um, his uh, tweet today that says the fake new media news media love saying so little happened in my first summit with Kim Jong-un wrong after 40 years of doing nothing with North Korea but being taken to the cleaners and with a major war ready to start in a short 15 months relationship built hostages and remains back home where they belong no more rockets or missiles being fired over Japan or anywhere else and most importantly no nuclear testing this is more than has ever been accomplished with North Korea and the fake news know it I expect another good meeting soon much potential and yes, it's in the books for them to meet in February and talk. And uh, just so you know, uh, when you actually search for totalitarian governments, North Korea is going to come up, and that's false too because that's a dictatorship because how did he deal with his uh, people that spoke against? With force, not by shame, but with force. He would kill them, right? So we need to see that even the access to information that we have is all part of this totalitarianism because once you are conditioned to follow a regime of totalitarianism and not question them because A, you don't want to and you like the ignorance or B, someone close to you or someone that you've seen has been shamed for speaking up, you keep your mouth shut because you don't stand your ground. You don't believe in your innate right to freedom. We have the right to speak. We have the right to free speech and to criticize, but no more do we, huh? Because you get banned if you do. And we've seen this. So with North Korea, we're making waves. Uh, you know, they're not reporting it, of course, because it'll be great. Um, the geopolitics in the area have increased. And again, like I said, 
President Trump will honor his relations with these with these leaders and with countries that we don't agree with. Uh, with the way that they treat their people uh, because he, he doesn't see it as fair. He believes in the rights of people. He believes in the rights of free speech and freedom, and other nations don't. So let's talk about this, um, this tweet that uh, he tweeted out last night. He said, as the shutdown was going on, Nancy Pelosi asked me to give a State of the Union address. I agreed. She then changed her mind because of the shutdown, suggesting a later date. This is her prerogative. I will do the address when the shutdown is over. I'm not looking for an alternative venue for the State of the Union address because there's no venue that can compete with history. That's something that I said yesterday. I kept saying, and I said, stand your ground. And he said, tradition and importance of the House chamber. I look forward to giving a great, and he did it in lowercase and air quotes, State of the Union address in the new future. What does that mean? Why wouldn't he put great, like it's going to be grand, it's going to be awesome? Probably because we're going to see a reduction in force, even within the House. Let's see that happen, right? That's exciting. So he again retweeted um, the, the statement, build the wall and crime will fall. Without a wall, there cannot be safety and security at the border for the USA. And he's right. Physical barriers. We're not reinventing wheels. These are facts. These are time tested throughout eons that walls work. And that is why we need a wall. And the wall for the Democrats is a symbol of his triumph. And they will not yield. They will do everything in their power to not allow him to build the wall. They are foaming at the mouth because he cut taxes. He said he would. He, he gave us peace in the Far East. He uh, is working with many nations. People are agreeing with him on his policies in regards to how he handles things like NATO. He has uh, sowed some very good seeds of relationships with the Middle East. He is taking a populist approach, and he is winning. He is winning so big. You know, unemployment, as low as 1969, 1969 was the record. We're almost there. Only 199,000 people have applied for unemployment. That's incredible. Yes, that is very incredible, but no one's talking about that. No one's talking about how many jobs are there. You know what that means? That means if you lose your job at Walmart, you can walk over next door and go to another one because there are so many jobs. And yet, what do they talk about? 15-year-olds harassing 15-year-olds, talking about racism. They're the only ones talking about it. Sexism, only ones talking about it. Christianity is evil. Jews are evil. That's all they're talking about. And then they're throwing in Cohen and still trying to purport this Russia collusion, which, you know, we haven't heard Russia, Russia, Russia anymore, right? Because it's dead. They know they've got nothing. I mean, geez, it's been over two years and they've got absolutely nothing. And they're still waiting for Mueller to come through with something. But here's the thing. They are going to still wait for it because they've invested so much time and money and they need to stand their ground. And remember, they're part of this totalitarian regime. 
They are how they impose these ideas, these thoughts to us through their uh, commentaries, through their reporting, through their TV shows. You know, I was a huge Charmed fan, you know, back in the days, you know, watching like Alyssa Milano and all of them. And I don't care about her political ideologies. I really don't subscribe to anything that she would play in. So I watched the revamp of it and it got me so upset that now I am no longer watching it. You know, I love to indulge in just really remedial and, and cheesy shows. And I was watching it yesterday uh, on my DVR and I was like, Oh, I literally turned it off because she was like, "Uh, you know, for me to be in a dorm where it reeks of beer and stale boys and white supremacy, white privilege, you need to talk to me. And I'm thinking, okay, that's it. I'm done. Because they're, they're infiltrating everything. Music, movies, TV shows, the news, advertising. And they're telling you what, our schools, they're telling our kids what to think. It's incredible. And they're doing it right under our nose and no one's saying anything. And the only way that we can hurt them is by not, subscribing to it by not watching it uh you know the connors which was a revamp without roseanne is failing miserably it's disgusting i haven't watched one clip not even one not even on youtube where people are mocking it not even one i don't even want to look at it people are waking up this soft socialism that they're pushing isn't working and they've brought out the big guns like ocasio putting her on the oversight committee Jeez, this is a weapon you do not want to activate right now. She's the one purporting utopia and watch her. She's going to be the first one to endorse Yang. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Yang needs to be on every intelligence community's radar. People need to be following this. This is dangerous. This is where they're telling you, you don't need aspirations. The government will look after you. We'll give you all of this free education. Everyone will have universal income. And even if you're just a guy that picks up trash on the side of the road, you'll be making the same money as a lawyer. Right. Because then people are totally going to invest 25 years in education to get paid the same as some dude that's you know picking up litter on the side of the road why why as a, as a professional as an academic you take your work home with you your work is your life for me my work is my it's everywhere i'm always working either by email either reading journals uh you know looking at other people's research you know um uh, chiming in on um linguistic requests for information by the government, um, auditing, um, checking, testing. Like I'm always doing stuff because I love what I do. And people that usually people that get into and invest so many years in education to uh, do something for a living, it's because they love it. (laughs) And a lot of them are incentivized too. I mean, the majority. I mean, the people that I went to school with, you know, 80% of them were in it because I I just want to make some money. It's a prestige and I'm smart and I could do this. And I was like, well, you can make a lot more money working for yourself and creating. Yeah, but this is easy. It's more secure. And I get to learn with the best and make a lot of money. But the thing is, once you take out the incentive of money, there's going to be only 20% that are actually going to follow through and go through there. And then think about it. By the time the generations have been castrated of incentives to want things because everybody has things, 
The only people that are going to be doing those jobs are the people of the global elite, the 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 top, the cream, the top of the the cup. You know where the cream just floats. The, only they are, and that's where we're going to have the biggest chasm in society. It'll be everybody and them. And that's exactly the point of communism, and that is how a totalitarian regime shifts into communism. It tells you how to think, it promises you a utopia, you have a period of a sweet spot, and then they flip it because the people innately as human beings, we strive to achieve, we love competition. I mean, even as kids where you don't get social constructs, right? And you're four, you're always like, let me race you because you want to feel better. You compete. That is our nature. And if you take out rewards for competing, you take out rewards for hard work. Cause you know, right now, you know, 10 kids could be running in a race. Every single kid's getting a trophy. It's a participation trophy. No, there's no real winners. We're all winners. You know, they take away <laughs> this, this competition. They take away our aspirations to say, I don't want to have to buy this phone. I want to be able to afford anything I want and I will work really hard to do it because competition is what drives innovation. Once you take that out of it and you hand the reins over to people like Ocasio or the Clintons or Pelosi's, they tell you what's good for you and you must listen because once you're there, you're under the shoe. There is no coming back up. So this wall, right? This wall is our security. This wall, aside from the fact of providing a security and deterring crime, deterring drugs, deterring child trafficking, deterring human trafficking, and deterring terrorists from entering through our borders, it is so important, this fight that the Democrats are putting, because they are literally pulling their own pants down. The world on a global scale can see, geez, man, it's just a wall and it is secure. At some point, even their own camp is turning around saying, come on, just do it. It's a wall. We need it. It's good for us. No, because then he wins. He's always going to be winning. That's the thing. He's When you have a populist up against a totalitarian regime, you're always going to lose when you're on the totalitarian side because people love freedom, people love competition, and people love to be heard and not to be told what to think, eat, inject themselves with, walk, talk, work. They don't want you in their business at all. They want to know that they are the owners of their destiny. And right now, the Democratic Party, no, hey, not just the Democrats, because Republicans did this too. The totalitarian regime's era is over, and this is the tipping point. President Trump said it at his rallies. We are at a cusp to change things around. This is what we're changing. We are being allowed our innate God-given right to be the owners of our destiny, to drive our own lives, to have the steering wheel back in our hands. What the totalitarian regime for over a century has done to every free person on this planet, not just the United States, right? We see it everywhere. The totalitarian regime within the United States, it's like giving us a car to drive our car of life 
But they control the brakes. They control when you can turn, put on wipers, foggers. They control all of that. And for some reason, you still think you're driving the car. All of us are there. And all of us are responsible for this. All of us. And the only reason that we are now starting to see this is because the countries that were in that sweet transition period, like the European Union, to flip into communism, where people are literally advocating for socialism, they're advocating against their own rights to freedom, have turned their eyes to the United States that has always led right? From technology, innovation, entertainment, music, they turn their eyes and see that we have a leader that is speaking words that they understand, which is you should be in control. You are free. I am giving you back the reins. And this is why the world is on fire. And they see a man who stands with the people. We told the people of Iran, we stand with you. That means we have eyes on you and we're watching while the rest of the world doesn't care. We told that to Venezuela. We're looking at you. And we acknowledge what you want, which is Juan. You do not want Maduro. We're there for you. We support you. We're looking at you. Because it takes a lot for someone to have courage. When you're at the bottom of a pit, you try to claw out, right? And you're clawing and clawing. And then at some point you give up. You're just like, forget it. I'm going to sit in this pit. But if there's 10 people at the top saying, come on, just claw up a little bit more. I'll give you a hand. Maybe I'll find a rope long enough. Just make it up to that rope and I'll help. You suddenly have the stamina and the strength to claw yourself out of this pit because you're being encouraged because people are seeing your fight. People are seeing what your suffrage is and they acknowledge it. That is all any person ever needs support. I mean, even the fruity, you know, uh, left says, I support you. We need to support you. Oh yes. Hug me. Talk to me because support actually helps uplift a human being. And what our president is doing is supporting. He's not intervening. He's supporting. And one would say he intervened by recognizing the president, but in essence, he supported the populist view. And what will come with Venezuela? Because I said it last week. This week is moving fast, right? Isn't it incredible it's Thursday? Thursday already. Because we have a lot of global developments. And we see that now the Democratic Party has nowhere to hide. I mean, today they're getting dismissed early and they're leaving D.C. Why? Some people say it's for votes. I say they're having a meeting. And the thing is... If I say they're having a meeting, you know the president knows they're having a meeting and we know where they're going. So there will be some really huge developments next week. Hopefully the president will take my invitation and come over so I could cook for him. Uh, Just just joking. But we'll see a lot of developments next week. Tomorrow I'm really excited to see what comes uh, to the forefront. I'm expecting a lot of things, but I won't speak too early on that because sometimes it's best to just keep mums the word because it's all about timing, right? People don't like you to talk about things too early because then they say, you're not right. Or what is this? From me and everyone here at Red State Talk Radio, I wish you a happy and healthy day. And I'll see you here tomorrow, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Stay happy and healthy.